that lack of men's discipleship is a global problem that requires global thinking. Today we're speaking with Alex, an advocate for men's discipleship in his home country of Kazakhstan. Join us as we discuss the importance of mentorship around the world on this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Welcome to the Noble Man Podcast. We've got a really cool guest for you to listen to and to and to engage with for this episode. A new friend of mine, Alex, uh, who is from a country in Central Asia, and he was at our church just recently visiting one of our pastors, and I got into a conversation with him, started talking about men's discipleship. Uh, our pastor, Joe, our mutual friend, introduced me as a guy who did men's ministry work, and so Alex just started talking about this, and I said, hold on, we, we've got to capture this. So Alex, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. Introduce yourself, tell us about where you're from and, and your family, and um, we're just so glad to have you. Ah, thank you, Mike. That's a privilege to be here. I am Alex from Central Asia, Kazakhstan. I am almost 42 years old. Married for Central Asia, really important to say only one wife <laughs> <laughs> and three active boys. Yeah, 12, 9, and 7 years old. I uh, God bless a lot. And quickly about me I was born back to 1980 in a small village. All my family is teachers, sportsmen, hunters, fishermen. I was really great childhood, a lot of fun. And before 14 years old, I never heard the gospel. And my whole my family been atheists because of Soviet Union influence. And quick story, uh, back to 1994, one gentleman came from Germany to Kazakhstan to my village for two weeks and left back. Through these two weeks, these la two ladies came to Christ. And can you imagine two women? Two ex-Christians don't have pastor, teacher, missionary, internet at that time not work. They had Bible and Holy Spirit. What wow. we really needed. Yeah. They started share gospel. After three months, my mom became to Christ. And uh, after three months, this group had about 14 Christians. My uh, mom invited me. I was 14, my brother 12. We had no interest about God, about religion, but we respect mom. Finally, we decided, okay, we will go for checklists of our mom. Sure. We come to this group. They sing song. They read from the Bible. I still today don't, not remember what they talk about because I'm not focusing on that. The end of the service happened something what I never could expect. They started pray together through first second, like presence of God was really real. Wow. I even feel with my body, my emotions, God is here. A again, I never heard gospel. I even not thinking I am a sinful person, but three things I realized for realized for sure. God is real. Yeah. Second one, God loved me so much. I don't know how I feel or understand that. And third point, I want to be with God. Wow. This group prayed about 15 minutes. I just experienced God's love, stay. When, when they just finished prayed, I come to my younger brother. He was 12. I look at him, cry. I say, what happened? He says, I believe in God. He wow. had the same experience what I had. Of course, we turn to, to our mom and say what we experienced. Whole group share gospel. And I, I know that this evening, September 1994, <laughs> around 9 p.m., I became a 
deliver. Wow. <laughs> this is how God saved. When we coming back home, my dad, uh, he's a great person. He's a, even today in any time I, I can say he's my hero as a husband for my mom as a father, as a friend, as a man. And we, he is a friend. We, I come to my dad and say, hey, dad, I believe in God. He look at my eyes and say, never, never tell me about Jesus. Wow. I am atheist. If we knew if dad say never, that's me never. Yeah. <laughs> and every day, my mom, me, my brother, and my sister, she was three years old. We every day pray for that salvation. I can share this story how God saved my dad in quick version. You can decide if it could be in the podcast or not. Because this is, again, we talk about men, fatherhoods. This is was key moment for me how God saved my dad as a, my hero, as a friend. Again, you remember that saying, never tell me about Jesus. Sure. A few weeks later, we heard about another Christian group in the neighbor city. Of course, again, we didn't have a pastor, teacher, missionary. We just four times a week meet, reading Bible, discussing. And of course, when we heard about another Christian group, we really wanted to come to them. Day before, my dad bartered two cow for old vehicle. This is first vehicle for our family. And uh, my mom asked, can my dad pick up us to the meeting with other Christians? That was really excited about first vehicle. He says, yes. Back to 1994 was big, big, long deal, change registration for the vehicle. This usually took two days in police department. Okay, finally, we went to this meeting. My dad didn't change document for the vehicle. That's problem. Yeah. Yeah, we went. Uh, he knew some small roads. We come to this meeting. We was really excited to see other Christians. Uh, the end of the service when we re was ready going back. Other people from my village who came by bus asked my parents to take them back to the village sure. because next bus after three hours. Finally, in car for five persons sit 12 people. <laughs> <laughs> All stacked in. I, I, I've been some between <laughs> people. Okay, documents are incorrect. 12 people in the car. We're going by small roads. You can guess for sure. Policemen, stop us. Sure. And my dad, lately, when he shared, he said, I know for sure they will took my car, my driver license, and huge tickets. Before policemen come in, uh, this was almost dark. We prayed, God, please help us. Wow. <laughs> policemen come and he was angry. He said, why you have this, this, this? And what happened? Interesting. When my dad gave documents to policemen, lately he shared. We never heard that, but he heard how angels worship the Lord. Wow. Again, God's presence was in a like supernatural way. What we have no idea, what so policeman. He was angry. He took that's documents. Angels is worshiping. And policeman was scared for something. He just stepped back from vehicle. He threw documents in 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 car. And my dad asked, what about me? He said, go home, go home. He was scared for something. Maybe wow. he saw angels. We don't know. Finally, we're going home. Uh, everyone is happy. And this first time when my dad experienced like God. And through next uh, month, he reading Bible. God really spoke to him through the Bible. And it was similar how God touched my heart. One evening, he decided to come with us. The end of the meeting when we prayed together, 
my dad just staying in this middle of circle of people who prayed and really loudly repented. This was for me, again, I was 14. My dad, my hero, he not believed in God, but I saw how he staying in me he repented he said god forgive me i am a sin sinful person wow that was i <laughs> it still <laughs> makes you emotional now to think yeah about it. i was crying that was great moment we as a whole family went back home uh, same spirit yeah again my dad from second day when he became a believer he shared gospel in the college where he teach with neighbors he was at that time main hunter in our area he shared gospel everywhere he been example. Last fact about my dad in my family, uh, as I mentioned, my dad became a believer in October. He started reading Bible. Begin of November, he came to Book of Acts, second chapter. When he looked at Peter, says, "Repented and baptized." Yeah, and that was November. November, that's really winter, uh, and <laughs> this is snow. Uh, I don't know by inches, half meter, and uh, negative five, eight Fahrenheit. Uh, why I telling that? Because swimming pools at that time not work. When sure. Soviet Union collapsed, this was economical difficult time. Everyone say to my dad, "Wait, summer." He says, "No, I am want to show to everyone I am a child of God." Wow. My mom, my dad, me, my brother was baptized. 29 of November, tank outside of home, was snow, was cold, but you, I still remember. This is like child faith. Sure. If Jesus says something, we really want to do that. <laughs> wow. If anyone today will request me, baptize them in the winter, I would say, wait summer or come to swimming <laughs> pool. <laughs> We're a little bit crazy people. If quickly, if you remember, May 1994, two ladies, yes. they started share gospel. After one year, the, this group had 45 people. And my dad became a pastor when he was only six month Christians. Wow. Lately, we heard and uh, know many stories like that when men and women stepping in the leadership role because many people came to Christ. Sure. They look into someone who will lead. Again, uh, my dad always was as a, he's not ideal person, of course, we know, but he as a great example, follower of Jesus, person who loved my mom, her wife, as a father, but in the same time, because influence of, of Soviet U Union culture always was gap between boys and father, sure, uh, daughters and mother. For example, this is no way in my like teenage time come to my dad say, "Hi, I have interest to this lady," or "I facing this temptation or this problem." This always was gap. And for what we really want to change in our cultural Christian perspective, uh, sure. what is godly man? Yes. Godly father, godly husband. As uh, Mike mentioned, I have three boys. Before they even born, we talk a lot how we will raising them, that they will have freedom come to us right. without shame and guilty and share whatever they're facing. This is big need across Central Asia and, of course, across whole globe. Right. That's it briefly. My ah, quickly one more point. My wife Jenny, you can see we know each other whole life. Yes. We're literally neighbors next door. Really? 
she she uh, this was funny she is six years younger than me she always tried to play with boys <laughs> 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 and when uh, i my brother became a believer of course we share gospel with our friends and praise god and Genia, back to 1998 uh come to easter first time my dad preached what wow. that's mean easter he preached about jesus why he came to cross he been died in the third day and he came back to life and she became a believer at that time i had no idea that god had good plan for two of us that's amazing <laughs> yeah wow so pretty cool that you saw your dad come to Christ and you now he was a good man but then he became a godly man. So what did you see change in his life? Because you said he was he was loving, he was caring, he he was a good provider. It sounds like what did you see as a transition from being a good man to a godly man? Uh, that's great exa- uh, gr- great question. I think uh God uh my sorry, my dad was really proud who he is. Uh, he's great sportsman. He play in the republic level in Kazakhstan. Uh, different sports. He was really proud who he is. When sure. he became a believer, from like second day when I saw he living for God's glory. He always bring gl- glory to God, not to himself. Even when he tried to do something, he always look it to the God. This is. He's a great example, my uh, my hero, personal person who loved Jesus and tried to live for his glory. Wow, that's really cool. For you to see that as a young man, to see that transformation, your personal experience with Christ was big, but seeing your dad's transformation, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So you experience that. I love those stories for young men. Uh, tell me about uh, you, one of the things that you mentioned, just kind of give us a cultural nugget when you said married to one wife. So tell me about the culture of men and manhood and family structure, how different that is or what that's like in your country and your culture and, and why the gospel could change that. That's also a good question. I would start from Central Asian, sure, because Kazakhstan little bit different with let's say Tajikistan. For some countries in Central Asia, women's not value. Men can decide wherever he want, how many wives, how many women they will he will have. Even they could celebrate birth of son like huge celebration and nothing for daughters. That's right. ah daughter, okay. That's mean from uh, like little age like girls in Central Asia in some countries, they no value for them. And uh, this in Central Asia. And for some countries, this is totally fine, like culturally, of to have number of wives. Like wives know today my husband went to this place, he have another family. And this is, of course, really difficult. And in Kazakhstan, government not supports number of wives, but on the table, I know some friends, of course, they're not Christian. They sure. have number of wives in different places. They have kids from different, uh, through different uh, women. For that reason, uh, we uh, say 
for example, about me. I have only one right, wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is culturally, this is totally fine if some people have number of wives. This is really challenging for the kids when they meet all together, how they function, how they communicate they're from different marriages or different families. That creates a lot of chaos, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And so bringing the gospel into that uh, would, would say to a man, hey, you have one wife, you love her as Christ loved the church, you care for your children, you invest in them, you're raising up a godly next generation so the gospel can change that and take away some of that chaos. Now, a lot of guys, they've got that chaos, so they can't go back and unwind what they've done, but it gives them a different perspective, I would guess, on how to lead their families and teach their sons, hopefully, because that's you want to see a generation of change here, I would guess, is part of what you're hoping to accomplish with all of this. Yeah, and also, um, I would say, like, culturally, uh, men's role, culturally, again, uh, more to be as a provider. Sure. Uh, how this looks like, like, life for the men, he will come to work, Early in the morning, late evening, watch TV, right. drink beer or other alcohol, and do nothing f- like raising kids. Right. Like, and Saturday, Sunday, they could do like sport, hunting, fishing. They uh, like cultural thinking, wives responsible raising kids. For that reason, we, we seeing, let's say, about boys. They sure. learn how to follow women. Right. You were yeah. telling me about this earlier. So their exposure to women in leadership, they, they never learn how to be men. Yeah, because fathers not really involved. Right. Yeah, they only way how they can uh, involve in kids. If kids doing something wrong, father became angry, use a belt or so. Parenting, that is kind of image of father. Right. In culturally, again, from Christian perspective, we really want to change that. That husband, father, he's a spiritual leader for whole family. Now, you're trying to do some of that with your own sons. You said they are 12, 9, and 7. Tell me about some things that are already ongoing because of Pastor Joe, our mutual friend, uh, some of the influence that he brought to your region as a missionary there for seven years, I think he and his family were there. So there's some men's discipleship going on there. Um, and so tell me about what's happening and, and how you guys do some some ministry among men. Yeah, that was awesome. When uh, back 2012, Joe proposed, let's do men's men breakfast. Sure. This kind of unusual practice. And even he proposed six in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's how Joe works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, we request, we knew this is before work. Right. Uh, we will have one and a half hour be in the world. Uh, we'll share. And uh, 17 guys says yes. And whole year we met each Thursday, six in the morning, cup of coffee. Right. Yep. <laughs> or so be in the Bible. We really learn how to be vulnerable. Yes. This is also... And un- that's countercultural, isn't it? The whole idea of vulnerability yeah, in yeah. your culture. I don't, I don't want anybody to see any weakness in me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even like how families grow up, they uh, not showing conflicts 
in the family to the others. Right. If, let's say, husband and wife has a big conflict and guest is coming, they immediately look at, smile, everything like good, that means not be vulnerable. This is part of the Asian Soviet, post-Soviet Union culture. Yeah. And Joel, uh, he really helped us. He shared what he, he facing, like temptation or battle or so. This is uh, really help. When we look at one to another, we realize, oh, not only I'm facing sure. some difficulty, I, I'm not li- only one person who battle with some sin. Right. We realize how this powerful share, mm-hmm. this is before, front of, before uh, each other, and of course before God, it, how this powerful gave right. us power in the Holy Spirit and freedom. That's that is one practice is still today we're doing on Wednesday sure. men breakfast and also monthly we're doing some men event. Right. This is uh, some event only for the Christians. We want to go something really deep uh, spiritual stuff. Uh, most of this event uh, also for non-believers. Yes. We can do fishing, hunting, sport, uh, in many other options. Of course, all the time we talk about God, that non-believers, men, will see how this beautiful like uh, Christian life. Yeah, how it changes yeah. what their experience is. I, you know, I, I have to throw this out there because it may get some of our listeners thinking. You've said, hey, come and be part of helping us yeah. reach more men in my country. So what would it look like? Just you guys listening to this, just maybe you catch a vision to to go and invest in men. It may not be Kazakhstan. It may be some other country. But part of the reason I wanted to have this conversation with Alex is because the struggle for godly manhood is not just an American issue. It's not a suburban issue. It's not a racial issue. It is a global issue. So what would it look like for noble warriors to engage to, if a few guys wanted to come and visit with you in Kazakhstan and help with men's discipleship there, what would that look like? Oh, yeah. I would glad to share. Let's say if two free guys yeah. will come to Kazakhstan, for sure we'll do some uh, uh, propose for leadership training for sure. the men. If uh, these free, two free guys can teach somebody who can multiply right yeah for uh, i'm also pastor for local church and this is huge need christianity is around 30 years this is big topic like godly men we really want to 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 have more tools yes again first one like leadership training for let's say for pastors or for church leaders second one i'm not prioritize i just second option man conference sure yeah we can uh, prepare for one day or two days or so. Third one, this is gospel presentation. Uh, this We can use sport. We can use fishing uh, to be together outdoor. Or uh, what we did with Joe, that was awesome. We had guys in one evening, uh, th- these guys bring like picture and video about fishing fishing and hunting experience in the States. Sure. What is unusual for us. We don't have ocean like uh, right. like elk hunting or so. And we invite non-believers friends. They also bring pictures, videos from their own experience. Uh, we put all together in one by one in a big room for 50, 60 people. They share experience. You know, this is believers and non-believers together. Sure. They've been in the same 
uh, we drink coffee, some s snacks, and we share. Like this is not even spiritual stuff, but relational stuff. Right, right. For non-believers, they saw. Christians not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they're not fanatics. They also love different stuff, and that also opportunity be men together. Right. So you're focusing on your own sons, but how about engaging some younger guys? If the culture is going to change and you're going to see women treated differently yeah. and families operate under the Lordship of Christ, then, we, then we've got to invest in some younger guys too. So there might be some scenarios where you would invest in younger teenage guys and, and even younger guys like your sons. Yeah, and I would honestly say this is weak place in uh, Central Asia churches like really invest to use or young. We try to develop like youth ministry. We're learning by our own mistake. We really need help from other churches, organizations, how we can develop more, especially uh, for young, let's say boys, or right. youth boys, teenagers. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that we do, it gets a lot of visibility here in the States is children's ministry and student ministry, but most of those children's ministry folks and student pastors recognize that the most effective ministry takes place in the home. So if we can teach dads to invest well in their kids like you're doing, then that changes everything as well. So what else would you like for us to know about Alex or your family or your ministry? And and give us some specific ways to pray for you. Before saying that, anyone who will hear us, sure. <laughs> I would ask, of course, pray for Central Asia. And if you would pray for me, you can think in this is many Central Asian countries and millions of people who still today, they never heard yep. about Jesus. Can you imagine that? They never heard. Maybe some of them heard like Jesus is prophet. They never, as I before 14 years old, I never heard the gospel, never touched. And this, when I think about myself, this is Isaiah 65, first verse when God says, I've been open for those who never seek me. And please pray. And still, we just, the end of March, try to come up with number, how many Christians we have. Like in Kazakhstan, we have around 0.5% evangelist Christian. In other Central Asian countries, this is even less. Our goal to see one church for 1,000 people. Now, please pray for that. That is the biggest request. Personal, as I mentioned, I have three boys. Yeah. And eldest one, Sasha, 12 years old, he became a teenager. Yeah. I never had teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I remember myself a little bit. This was long years ago. Uh, and uh, this is my daily prayer request. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so exciting. Well, I can tell that you are a good dad because you're so intentional. You're you're loving those guys. And, um, you know, you had a good model in your dad and, and you saw him transform. Your sons have seen you live your entire life in front of them as a godly man. It's uh, It's been a blessing to have you on. You know, I thought of one other question. Kazakhstan was under USSR. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And so the the predominant religious before Christianity came into this community was atheism, right? It just, there, yeah. is, there is no God. There's no God. Even I can show lately my laptop. When every kid come to school, first grade, the first book for everyone, open page, this is big picture of Lenin and three statements. This is same like what we use for Jesus. Lenin lived in the past. 
Lenin lived now, Lenin will live forever. Wow. Yeah, and this is uh, communism, socialism, atheism, war from kindergarten. Yeah, this was environment. 1991, Soviet Union collapsed, and that time many Christian organizations come in. As my story, this guy by himself come to Kazakhstan. This is not the best place where he can spend his time and resources, but hundreds and hundreds people came to Christ. Hundreds of churches been opened. Friends, please not pray for Kazakhstan and also come to Kazakhstan, Central well, Asia. And they are open. The people there are yeah. open because there have been this emptiness oh, yeah. in this oh, spot yeah. in their soul. And so they are hungry to hear the gospel and to know the truth. And so the doors are open, their minds are open, their ears are open, the gates are open for them to come. The fields are white unto harvest, folks. So, um, man, this has been inspiring and encouraging to me. Alex, I'm so thankful that you've taken time to do this. Man, we're going to share some of the information that you've shared with us about how you can pray for him. It sure is a bunch of fun to think about the idea that um, investing in men is a global need. It's a global issue, and Noble Warriors is not a global ministry. But man, when we make a connection with a guy like Alex and we can pray for him and we can even pray about the question of could we help him in some very tangible ways, we're actually sending some better man resources and going to connect him with some other resources. So those of you who are partnering with Noble Warriors, can I I tell you that your support is helping to make a difference around the world and we'll see see what God might have in mind. Alex, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here and for your time. It's been a gift to us and And so God bless you, friend. Thank you so much. Same for me. Men, I want to take a second and tell you about the newest resource from Noble Warriors. We call it Meet Me at the Fire. This six-week study is designed to engage men around a fire pit with stories of how fire is used in the Word of God. For a limited time and as a thank you for listening to the Noble Man podcast, you can get this study for half off using the code PODCAST50. You can find the link and the code in the description of this podcast. Thank you for your support for Noble Warriors and for the Noble Man podcast. Well, folks, uh, this is the end of this Noble Man podcast. Catch us again next week. We'll keep talking about the priority of discipling men and how this is work that we have to do. It's on God's heart to see men walk with Jesus and lead well, and so we want to be about that. So we'll catch you next week with another guest on the Noble Man podcast. God bless you, folks. 